0: In New York, call 8778-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Way too low. Come on
1: eight punts on the day 41 yard average four inside the 20 longest of 50 so yeah final stats pause it (laughs) (laughs) you want me to pause it go back through the game summary and read every single punt punt i'll do a control f hold on
2: Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills
1: fan, Nate. Welcome to another episode of the Circling the Wagons podcast, the only podcast that thinks if you have both knees down and the ball comes out, it's not a fumble. I'm your host, Nate, and this is our recap edition where we will discuss the Bills being shut out by the Green Bay Packers 22 to nothing at Lambeau Field this afternoon. I'm joined by my co hosts and high school buddies, John and Mike. Fellas, how's it going? Hey, Nate. All right. A lot of enthusiasm from John, Mike. Nate, it's going good. Oh, okay. Oh, wait. Wow. Well, Two different sides of the spectrum. Okay. So, so I guess, um, general thoughts on the game um i think heading into this game we were kind of thinking you know hey if they can build off the momentum they had from the vikings win this unexpected vikings victory and then you know which was also momentum from the second half of the chargers game you know hey if they if they can do that i don't know if any of us thought that they were going to win today but i think we were hoping that they would kind of you know, play them play the Packers and Aaron Rodgers on the road tough. You know, at least show some fight. And I, I think after today's game, I think I think my overall thought was that the offense just couldn't produce any points or really any real progress all day. I mean, I mean the defense, at least the defense held Aaron Rodgers to only twenty two points, you know, despite like a ton of several, you know, three and outs by the offense that put the defense immediately back on the field. So I thought the defense kind of did what they could. They weren't spectacular by any means, but they did what they could. If you hold well, their...
2: Rodgers to 22 points, that's, that's huge. Like he's the best quarterback of a generation, arguably, right? It's him and Brady now yeah. 22 points
1: at home is good. Yeah, exactly. At home no, nonetheless. So I think the, the blame, if you want to play the blame game right now, I think it, it falls squarely on the offense. John, what did you think?
3: Absolutely. There's no question that the offense was terrible. Um, receivers were not good. Um, Josh Allen wasn't really that good. The offensive line was not good. Um, McCoy was five of 24. I mean, five rushes. He only had eight touches in the game. He probably was the best player on the offense today, but he wasn't getting the ball. Um, I thought the play calling could have been better. When was the offensive line this bad? Was it like Trent Edwards era? Drew Bledsoe? Has it ever been this bad? <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, the defense, yeah, definitely holding Aaron Rodgers. 22 points was good. Um, There were a few missed opportunities, a couple missed tackles, missed picks. Um, The pass rush at the beginning the game was not as good. But, yeah, man, the offense was just dreadful.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot there, John. What would you think, Mike? Same feelings? Well, the game plan from
2: top to bottom was absolutely terrible. They got away completely of what worked for them last week with getting the ball out quickly, putting your players in a position to succeed, right? Short passes from Allen, um, screen passes, slants. Instead, it was just holding on to the ball for way too long. And then when he did get it out, wildly inaccurate. And what's got to be frustrating for that offensive line, right? He sits back there, um, and then rather than stepping up into the pocket, he just peels off to one side. And of course, the defensive line—that's a defensive lineman—can just run free at that point. It happened over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, that was very frustrating today. When Josh Allen didn't have a ton of time, but the plays that he did have time on, I mean, that's such a rookie thing, and I hope it's only a rookie thing and he learns from it. Is that good quarterbacks they climb the pocket, and Josh Allen is kind of showing some of that. Tyrod Taylor, remember, Tyrod Taylor would have that like he'd have a clean pocket and then all of a sudden you kind of like peel off to the right or something for no reason instead of just kind of staying where he is. And it's, it's, that's discouraging. I'm really hoping that's just a rookie thing. Um, but there were several times and you're always, I mean, the offensive lineman is always at a disadvantage whenever that defensive end is watching the quarterback come out because when the quarterback rolls out, the offensive lineman has no idea. <laughs> so then the defensive end just kind of shrugs him to the side and can, can take a free shot at him. So, um, that was very disappointing. John, you brought up a really good point about the offensive line just being as terrible as it has been in a long time. I mean, going back to what, what were the years that remember when they made all of the big, huge free agent acquisitions, when Marv Levy first came in a GM and are like, we're going to fix this, fix this offensive line. I can't remember any of those guys off the top of my head. Uh, but you said, I think you said Melvin Fowler. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think that was around 08, about ten years ago. Derek, and Derek Dockery. Derek Dockery,
1: Langston Walker. Yes, yes. Yeesh. Wow, wow. This this offensive line might literally rival the terribleness of that. But even so, I mean, there were there was time, there was some time at some point. And I think Josh Allen was just you know feeling he did not have a good day overall. I think he looked like a rookie. I think that last game he was able to get away with a few things that. He just wasn't able to this week. Like, using his legs. Like, he was not able to run at all today. They were ready for him. And not only that, I mean, they just... They they let him sit back in the pocket, and eventually they crumbled it. So, it's a pretty rough game all around. Um, John, you also brought up a really good point about not getting LaShawn McCoy involved. I mean, you and I... So, we all text back and forth throughout the entire game. I'm sure everyone that listens does this with their buddies. But you were saying even you know, geez, even halfway through to the fourth quarter, you're like, they're still in this. <laughs> they can still technically win this game. An average a team with an average offense has a chance to win this game still. But the Bills didn't, and they weren't giving the ball to LaShawn McCoy, despite the fact that he was having a decent game on the ground. They are giving the ball to Chris Ivory a little bit more than you'd like to see. And um just all in all, he just outcoached you know, the, the Bills' wide receivers, you were talking about LeSean McCoy being the best weapon that he was by far because the wide receivers were nowhere to be found today. They weren't getting open. There was a few times where CBS showed on the telecast that there was just nobody for Josh Allen to throw it to. So as much as you want to put it on him for being a rookie and he didn't have a great game and he didn't show a ton of composure and he wasn't good running the ball and scrambling, I mean, the, he just didn't have a ton to work with. And that's going to be a big thing to watch this season is is he going to be able to grow and overcome these deficiencies on the offensive line and the lack of weapons on the offense. So, yeah. But a lot of
2: that, right? Like, we, we all know he's a rookie and there's going to be growing pains. But, again, I think it comes back to maybe an offensive coordinator or the game plan when you know you have a porous offensive line like that. Um, Rodgers, when he when the Bills finally started to get to him later in the game, um, he knew enough to get rid of the ball, right? It was a one-second, two-second, gone. Um, and that's, that's coaching.
1: That's coaching. I think he does hold onto the ball too long. Josh Allen in, in in what you were saying, Mike, I think, I think Josh Allen holds onto the ball too long and he doesn't know when to get rid of it. And sometimes he tries to make plays that he can't remember specifically that one play where he was about to get sacked instead of throwing it away. He decided, I mean, it was a bull rush, by the way, there was, there was like nobody blocking two guys on the Packers on that blitzing. And then he tried to make a play, tried to throw across his body, you know, 40 yards down the field. And instead of just, you know, throwing it out of bounds, he throws a pick in the end zone, which could have been three points. I think that was before the end of the half. So there was literally like a six point swing because then the Packers came back and they got a field goal before halftime. So, um, yeah, yeah it was pretty rough. So, um, let's go into some of the stats of the game. Um, stats of the game is brought to you by our T public store. Want to find some bills gear that you can't find anywhere else on the internet. Please check out tpubliccom slash stores slash CTW pod, um, passing yardage for Josh Allen on the day 16 for 33, less than 50% completion percentage, 151 yards, two interceptions and one fumble. Um, offense had a very rough game. Um, the Green Bay Packers had seven sacks on the day. Um, I, CBS had a stat at one point, I think it was in the third quarter, where they showed how many dropbacks Josh Allen had. And I want to say he was pressured on at least half of them. So it was a pretty rough day for the offensive line, for the, for the Bills, pass protection for Josh Allen. Quick trivia for you guys. How many punts did the Bills have today? John, um... take a guess. Eight. Eight. Eight.
2: Way too low. Come on.
1: Way too low. Mike, what do you think? And we're not playing price is right rules, so closest hey, counts. Okay, <laughs> nine. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: I would say much higher, though. 12, 13.
1: 12 or 13. John, you still sticking with eight, or you want to change?
2: No, there's
1: no. Oh, okay, okay, message. okay, all right.
3: It sounds right.
1: Uh, the answer is eight. What? Yeah, yeah. No kidding, right? Uh, Yeah. Sorry, Mike, but yeah, you had it right on, John. Well,
2: all I wrote down of the whole game was first eleven drives equals eight punts, comma three turnovers.
3: (laughs) Were there only eleven
2: drives? (laughs) You had that stat right in front of you.
1: So yeah. Oh yeah. Another interesting stat of the game: the last time the Bills were shut out of a game and left scoreless was December twenty eighth, two thousand and eight. Against the Patriots, Week Seventeen, against the Patriots in two thousand eight. So almost ten years. That's awesome. That's a great stat to have. Let's go to some of the plays of the game that stood out to you. Um, there there's a few, obviously that that just were were pretty were pretty bad. Um, let's talk about a, a good a good play that that the Bills actually had on their side of the uh, of the field. There was the. Jordan Poyer interception, Rogers' first of the season. Um, that was a great interception by Jordan Poyer. It was a tip off of Jimmy Graham's fingers. Actually, it's a tip from um, Tremaine Edmonds, and and then it went off Jimmy Graham, and then Jordan Poyer plucked it out of the out of the air, which was awesome. Of course, it ended up getting nowhere. The Bills ended up punting right after that. One of the only eight punts, Mike, of the game. Um, and then the, uh, the Packers, uh, got the ball right back. So it ended up really hurting Aaron Rodgers at all. Um, were there any, any, uh, plays just in general that stood out to you good or bad, John?
3: Um, not really. I mean, I guess towards the end of the game, it was, it was kind of essentially over, but the, um, the fumble, the Josh Allen that they called and they reviewed it and still called it a fumble. I thought he was down
1: the no fumble. Um, you mean the, the, yeah. How how the hell did they call that a fumble? Yeah, that was absolutely ridiculous. He was holding on to it, both knees were on the ground. The guy strips it as he was falling down, and they even Josh Allen, like he was staying on the field even after they called it, even after the play stand. He's like, okay, what's the next play call? And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa what? What? I got to go off the field. What about the Bills getting that unsportsmanlike conduct call when the Green Bay player removed his helmet?
3: I thought that was going to be because they pushed Josh Allen down to the ground.
1: Yeah, that would have made sense, right? Terrible officiating today, by the way. Can we just say that? I know we've mentioned a couple of bad plays. That was awful officiating. They, they called it because the guy tore his helmet off as opposed to the guy who literally just threw the quarterback down to the ground. He just shoved him down. That, that wasn't right. I mean,
3: I guess the end result is the same, but it, it was kind of weird.
1: Yeah, net penalty is fine. I mean, the the penalty they still got it. They still got the first down, but still, it's just how they should have been two penalties on that play. So, I, a little bit of I think there was a little bit of Josh Allen playing that little bit. That might have been a little bit of a fall, if we're being quite honest. I don't think that I don't think that guy that was much shorter than him that really pushed him that hard. But, um, yeah, Mike, any any plays of the game that kind of stood out to you, good or bad?
2: The play of the game was the taint that wasn't by Lewis. The game was sixteen and zero at that point, and it would have been 7-16.
1: That's a huge, huge play. Ryan Lewis had that. It was it was fourth down. Rogers throwing it. Ryan Lewis jumps the route, and you thought we thought, oh man, that would have been the first taint of the season. I was looking. Was f- the game right I there. was looking forward to seeing my first taint of the season. That was rough. Those one there could have been. There was at least two or three other times where the Bills didn't get a turnover when they should have. There was a fumble that uh, who had that fumble? Was it Jamal Williams? And the ball popped out, and it should have been a fumble, except the Packers recovered it right away. So there were three Bills right there. Um, how about, uh, dude, Alan? <laughs> Helen took so many bad sacks. Like, they weren't even... You know how sometimes, like, Brady will take a sack where he kind of falls into the ground, you know, and he kind of crumbles, but, like, into, like... So he so he doesn't take, like, full, full contact, you know? Like, Josh Allen took maximum contact today. Like, there were a lot of them where he tried to stay up and he just got hit even harder on the way down. There was one where um, Clay Matthews was completely unblocked. And had a free shot. I, why does that happen? What is wrong with the Bills' offensive line when guys are just taking free shots? Like guys that should be blocked are coming off the edge and just, just running straight at our quarterback. I don't get that. That's that's terrible. The talent is pretty rough on the offensive line. And I think that's terrible play calling. It's terrible coaching. Um, a positive play. There was a great, really great sack and fumble by Taron Johnson on Aaron Rodgers. I think that was probably the play of the game for the Bills. Um, The Bills actually decided to start blitzing at one point to get some pressure. Again, it was a game where the Bills didn't really have a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers. And like good quarterbacks, when you don't give them any pressure, they'll just pick you apart. Um, Oh, speaking of bad calls and bad plays, Jerry Hughes was held nonstop this entire game. I don't know if you guys saw in the very, like one of the first drives in the first quarter, Aaron Rodgers ran around the edge of Jerry Hughes. And Jerry Hughes was trying to run after Aaron Rodgers, but he was being held like completely, like spun around held. And absolutely nobody was calling on that. Did you see that, John? You saw that, right?
3: Yeah, I saw that. Um, I saw that hold and there was another one on that drive. I don't know if it was also with Hughes, but there were a couple that I noticed on that drive.
1: On that drive, it was continuing on throughout the entire game so let's talk um it's tough in a game where the bills get shut out and they lose 22 to nothing um but do you guys have any wall of famers of the game any anyone stick on your wall of fame as having a having a decent game at all for the for the bills and their and their loss in lambo mike mike do you have anyone on this one i know it's a tough one
2: i can't think of a single one nate john I.
1: I guess Stand it'd have with
2: to be, me, John.
3: It, it would have to be somebody on the defense if we had to pick somebody, but I still can't think of anybody that really stood out above the other players. I can't really pick somebody.
1: Yes. <laughs> All right. So I have to give it to you know, some.
2: You kind of feel bad for Micah Hyde though. You know, he's, he's been a great player for the bills was awesome for the, for the Packers really infuses the defense with, enthusiasm and just for his homecoming to be ruined like that. Um, I mean, it, even beyond, you know, the bills, we hope we get him back just next week, but, uh, it's a rough day for him for sure.
1: Yeah. He's definitely been one of the better players for the bills. Um, but instead he leaves very early with a groin injury. So yeah, yeah, we hope we get him back. Um, so I guess my wall of famer, if I had to come up with one was Taron Johnson, just because he's a rookie. He had a, a big couple of plays. I know he he got burned a few times, but again, a rookie. I mean, I'm I'm kind of grasping at straws here. So, um, so I, I I give like an honorable mention maybe to Corey Bohorquez just because he had to punt eight times. The guy was probably like just so tired by the end of the game. I mean, normally, you know, these punters don't get that much work. Uh, Ryan Lewis had a decent game, I thought, just because he was a starter and really i don't you know he he just became active on the roster a few weeks ago so or i think it was last week or the week before so i mean you know good good on him to to be able to keep up for most of the game but man okay now now to the fun part the wall of lamer of the game so who is on your wall of lame who do we place some of the blame on for today's loss mike do you want to go first
2: it's got to be the offensive game plan eh so I mean, it starts with the head coach, but the offensive coordinator, and certainly Josh Allen looked like a rookie, wildly inaccurate, didn't step up, but the reason they won in Minnesota was the play calling, and we didn't see that at all today. Nothing carried over.
1: Good call. Good call on the coaching there. John, John, what about you?
2: I would say
3: everybody involved with the offense whatsoever, the the coordinator, the quarterback, the line, the receivers, all of it.
1: Hey, John, whatever happened to Charles Clay? Is he even on the team anymore?
3: <laughs> well, when, when was the last time Charles Clay was relevant?
1: Dude, It's it's been he's been with the team so long and done so little. And every year I expect him to be one of the major weapons of this team. I'm like, oh, new quarterback. Oh, new offensive coordinator. Somebody's going to finally utilize that guy. I'm at the point where either he is just not a good player at all, Or just nobody can seem to utilize a guy. Like, when he's gone from here, he's either going to end his career or retire, or he's going to be, you know, he's going to be the next, I don't know, Zach Ertz or something, Travis Kelsey. Like, there's only two ways it's going to go. I agree with both of you guys. Uh, My wall of lame is going right to the coaching, specifically like Mike said and John said, the offensive side of the ball. Just really couldn't produce anything offensively from start to finish like not even one drive was like wow like they could actually string together some things whereas last week it was almost like they couldn't be stopped and there just was no in-game you know they didn't change the game plan for even in the from the first to the second half they just couldn't get anything going so um even though the defense wasn't perfect like we mentioned pretty much the entire podcast the offense has a lot has almost all of the blame to bear for this one. So um, as far as injuries to some Bills players, Mike mentioned uh, Micah Hyde left with a groin that was a major injury of the game. Also, um, Kelvin Benjamin left. It's at a point with um, possible concussion. Um, yeah, that was a pretty is a pretty rough game again for for Kelvin Benjamin. Minus that one really nice catch. Of course he was wide open so it was just a matter of just catching the ball. It wasn't like he had a catch in traffic. So um So yeah, so I guess all right, so the Bills lost 22 to nothing. That sucks. The offense didn't look good at all. Let's look on the bright side of things. Let's let's leave the podcast with a positive outlook. Always look on the bright side of
0: life. Always look on the light side of life.
1: So I guess the first thing I would say is that Josh Allen—he's still a rookie. He's gonna make some of these mistakes, right? He didn't get a chance to last week because, you know, he was using—he had a little bit more time. He the game plan was better. He was running the ball more effectively himself, and uh, the Bills were in general. And uh, you know, he's young. He's young. Let's let's. I I. I I'm going to hold my judgment on the kid until the full season's done because I don't want to get too high. I, one of the listeners emailed me and, and said that, you know, it seemed like we seemed like I specifically kind of had a man crush on Josh Allen. And I don't think that's the case. I, I really liked, obviously, who couldn't like his game last week, but I mean, I still reserve judgment until the end of the season to think to, to really give the final sense, is he our franchise quarterback or not? So what do you guys think? Do you guys agree with that? That assessment on, on Allen just waiting until the end of the season because we know he's going to be a rookie. He's going to make some of these plays.
3: I, I do think it's too early to tell on, on Allen. Um, I think we got to give him more time.
2: Yeah, I mean, in sports, right, it's all hyperbole, game to game, or even play to play. Like, we're all prisoners of the moment. So of course, you're high last week when he was Superman, hurtling people, diving into the pylon, and then like, of course. And then this week, it's return to... Not even return to Earth. Hopefully, it's it's much below um, where he can be, but a regression to the norm is is natural, I think, after the amazing week last week. So we the sample size is way too small. We got to give him some more games, and when we compare him to some of these other quarterbacks, like a lot of them have had time to sit and learn behind. Right, Aaron Rodgers sat for years behind. Brett Favre, right? one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, the old gunslinger. Josh Allen just thrown into the fire. Not that that's wrong, but there's got to be a lot of learning on the job.
1: Yeah, along with learning, along with, you know, I I don't know if this coaching staff or or general manager is even going to judge him too harshly, especially because of the lack of weapons and the offensive line around him. You know, maybe they're going to wait to see if they actually get, build up a team around him, which we know is the long term goal of this front office. Then, you know, maybe it'll be, then you can actually take a look at him and say, hey, is this guy the real deal or not? You know, okay, he has a decent offensive line. He's got decent weapons. You know, the running back situation is okay. You know, let's see, let's see what he can do. So, I mean, ideally, we really didn't want to have to start Josh Allen this early in the season, but it is what it is. Let's see where he goes. We're definitely not benching him. I've seen people tweet about that benching Josh Allen for Nathan Peterman, and I think that that's that's
2: what? laughable. Come on, <laughs> that's
1: uh that's terrible. I, I they
2: missed
3: on the roster.
1: Yes, on, on on a lot of NFL teams, Peterman would have been cut by now. So can I want to say,
2: can we talk about getting? I hate to crush a guy who gets
1: injured, but can we get rid of Kelvin Benjamin? <laughs> You don't have to, it's okay to crush him even though he's injured, Mike. I mean, you're just beating a guy when he's down. Yeah, we've we, we got to, I, I I would love to just cut him tomorrow, but what have you got in, in, in the way of him? There's nobody better, and he's not that good. Do you ever see like... But, we,
2: but yes, players are better when they leave, right? Like Hogan in New England, Now is the number one. Um... Robert Woods is amazing. Every like we watch the Bills game, with the stat line at the bottom. Oh, scoring update. Oh, all these receivers that, that
1: used to play for the Bills, two
2: touchdowns, 150 yards.
1: Guys become great when they leave. So you're saying that
2: Calvin by... Benjamin is even worse than that. <laughs> that 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 <laughs> total the the amazing receivers when they leave the Bills refutes the Calvin Benjamin. But I actually do think he's that bad.
1: The players around him would get better just by it'd be it'd be addition by subtraction, is what you're saying, by getting rid of him. Okay. All right. Um, Let's
2: put in a call to Des Bryant's agent.
1: I know. There's no way. There's no way Des Bryant can be worse than Calvin Benjamin at this point. What about, so do you, you ever look at like other teams receivers and just like their second or third? I mean, perfect example would be the Packers, right? Their second or third receiver is better than our first receiver by far. You know, if you look at like Geronimo Allison even or, I mean, obviously, Devontae Adams is their number one guy. He's really good. But like Randall Cobb, I mean, at this point, Randall Cobb would be better than or every wide receiver on the Bills team at this point. I look at like the Browns. Like the Browns had Josh Gordon, Jarvis Landry, you know, Antonio Callaway. Antonio Callaway is probably better than Calvin Major. You know, like rookie, undrafted rookie is probably better. Um, it's it's sad. It is a sad state of affairs. I And if you actually
2: look at their drop, like they're historically bad.
1: The Bills, you mean?
2: Yeah, the receiving core. Receiving
1: court. Oh yeah, historically terrible, terrible. It was just as bad as it was when they ended the season last year, and we were. And it's not that-
2: even just the drops. It's like Benjamin, almost like doesn't. It doesn't seem like he cares. No fire. Not like coming back to the ball. Not fighting.
1: Do you remember? Absolutely. He is just. It- it reminds me of a time. Do you remember when the bills were like, they had all these short wide receivers like Lee Evans and they're like, we got to get our six foot five guy. Like we got to The bills have like two or three of them. Right. And they're all awful. You know, like Kelvin Benjamin is six foot five and he's a big dude, but he moves like <laughs> he moves like Mike Tolbert did last year. You know, like he's just so slow. He doesn't fight for the ball. It's just like a lack of like, you know, he just, he, it's like he doesn't care. It's just like, remember when, I, and it makes perfect sense. I'm thinking about this after the game as I'm mowing the lawn. And I'm like, this is exactly why the Panthers traded him. Because if the guy was that talented, they wouldn't have let him go. He always showed up for off-season training out of shape. And it's like, that's thats just something you can't do in the NFL. Like, you should be in shape all year round. When, you're, when your body is your job, is your livelihood, I mean you don't show up like 40 pounds overweight. So um and then you know then you on the other spectrum you have Andre Holmes who's like 6 foot 5. And then he moves he moves with about as much agility as a giraffe. Like the guys like he's super thin, he has no speed, he has no moves. It's it's very frustrating to watch this kind of ragtag assembly of wide receivers at this front office and this coaching staff have kind of put it in front of them and and really next season I want to stress this and I'll probably be stressing this throughout the entire offseason is that you really don't want to use a high pick on a wide receiver because it takes time for wide receivers to get good in the NFL it takes time it's one of those few positions that they they can't usually come in in year one and make a huge impact I mean obviously you have guys like Calvin Ridley that are exceptions at this point in the season but you know it just usually isn't isn't the case. I mean, look at Zay Jones, <laughs> you know, this is his second year. He's still pretty clueless. So next year's the year yeah, next year, third year, third year's a year. So hopefully they can pick up a veteran wide receiver next year, but though I'll, I'll be honest, and this doesn't really go with our bright side segment, but it does not look good guys. Those, those guys that are going to be free agents for wide receivers look shitty. <laughs> so um hoping let's hope someone gets cut, you know, that's not going to be a pending free agent. So, Hey, um, but yeah, if if also if there's any final thoughts that you guys have, let me know. Right now, there's one thing that that I I have to point out that I didn't point out earlier is Allen is taking way too many hits. Like I know he's six foot five, I know he's a big dude, I know he's a strong dude, but he's just taking way too many hits. And I know he keeps getting up from them right now, but that's not gonna last forever. Teams are gonna keep doing that to him. If he continues to it, we're gonna see Nathan Peterman start either the next game or in the next couple games. The next game is. For week five is against the Tennessee Titans, the 3-1 and one Tennessee Titans at 1 p.m. in Buffalo. Uh, I was supposed to go to that game through work, but uh, my dog is going on the IR this week with uh, ligament surgery, CCL surgery. So I won't be at that game. I uh, hope everyone enjoys that game. We have an ultimate tailgate, Bill's tailgate playlist on Spotify and YouTube. So feel free to check that out. Find us. Just search for Circling the Wagons on Spotify and YouTube. Um, Obviously, you can find our podcasts on there, too, so that's cool. Um, But we're also going to be throwing up some more songs to vote on. So so this playlist is created by Bills fans. If you have any suggestions, feel free to tweet or email them to us. But um, this is going to be a completely democratic process as we live in a democracy, so we vote on our stuff here on the podcast. So, all right, unless you guys have anything else to add for John,
3: only 207 days until the draft
1: (laughs) for Mike,
2: Nate, the jets lost the dolphins lost. We're a game back from the Patriots. Things are good. (laughs) <laughs> things, things are, are good things <laughs> could be a lot worse things could be a lot
1: worse they could be a lot better
2: and 22-0 the offense gets things together right like the defense held the generational talent in rogers to 22 points that's really good a couple different balls bounce our way like they did last week completely different game
1: you're right all right and so for me nate go bills we'll see you next week for another recap edition thanks for listening guys see ya go bills